Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. On this episode of This League, the homie was pressed. Press pass, that is. Yes, you're right. Your girl got a press credential for the Warriors-Lakers game, so we are going to be breaking that down. We also go over the number eight play-in games. We also go over some potential Cavaliers drama involving Chubb Boy, Colin Sexton. And we also have a very, very important public service message about Kwame Brown. All right, Marty, let's drop the beat. We got to talk about this Warriors-Lakers game first. The main thing that I thought that was interesting uh, is the refs. The refs fucked the Warriors in this game. Let's just be very clear. You think so? I, I mean, <laughs> I have a list of, of things. I have a list of things. Let's just start off here. Golden State was coming into the game yesterday 1-14 in, in their last 15 games officiated by John Goble or Trey Maddox, including four playoff losses with Goble. They were both refing that game last night. Yeah, no, I saw that for sure. I mean, with my vested interest, I was definitely aware of uh, of how they do that. I think I said something in one of the other pods. I said they're going to bring Dick Bavetta out of retirement to ref that game, and they kind of did, did exactly their own version happened. of it. Yeah. That is exactly <laughs> what happened. So first up, there was a blocking foul on... Uh, LeBron James that was initially called the charge, right? And yeah, that the one that one, they challenged. They, that they challenged and lost their challenge because they had to use it on that. That was overturned, but the challenge was gone. Then there was a blocking foul very quickly later on uh, Wesley Matthews that was actually called the charge on Andrew Wiggins. Now, that mm-hmm. would have been overturned, in my opinion, if they had that challenge to use, which they did not. A few minutes later, Jordan Poole nearly threw down what would have been one of the most delicious dunks. But no, he wasn't able to finish it because LeBron James just fucking hammered him. And there was just no call whatsoever at all. Just like no no whistle, no nothing. I couldn't believe it. I was in the arena, could not believe it. Multiple illegal screens called against Draymond Green. That tech against Draymond Green didn't make no ga- goddamn sense either. Yeah. yeah, I didn't understand what was going on there at all. He seemed to not really be a part of what was going on, really. The tech on, on Jordan Poole didn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, there was one on Kavon Looney that was an illegal screen. 
These were clearly Laker flops. The Laker flop was in full effect last night. Full yes. yeah. effect. We will we will get to the flop, James. We will get to that. <laughs> we will get to that. Good. Good. AD was holding and and yes, the the poke in the eye by Draymond Green could have been called a flagrant. It could have been called a bunch of different things. So were there bad calls against uh, the Lakers that should have gone their way? There were a couple, but like they were sort of more questionable in my opinion than the others. No. Uh, yeah, I would say, I would say so. Uh, I was really surprised that they didn't, uh, Give a flagrant on, that, on, on the, yeah, yeah, because it just been tossed. Yeah, it just seems like that's what they do these days, and I, I had already accepted it. I was like, that's the point where I had given up that the Lakers weren't that the Warriors weren't going to win the game, but then they came back. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, it was a weird that uh, that whole thing was weird, and I guess that kind of kept me from like tweeting about the refs or really thinking like, Oh, the refs stole it. Cause they like really could have stolen it there, but chose not to. So it is kind of weird. And then eight seconds left after the La dagger as we're calling it, the one second left on the clock, La dagger deep 30 foot three, just apparently he was seeing that was right after the eye poke. He was seeing three rims yeah. and he chose the middle one. Okay. So just stop it. But the dagger with one second left and there's eight, Eight seconds and change left when they called their timeout, when they tried to call their timeout, the Warriors. Couldn't get the timeout called until there was only two seconds left. Then Anthony Davis is grabbing Steph Curry, grabbing his arm, no call, which would have been two shots and the ball. Yeah, good loose ball. Yeah. Yep, loose Uh ball. You're grabbing him. He can't get in. Two shots and the ball. They they lose by three. Come on now. Yeah, I did. I'll tell you the truth. I didn't go back and rewatch the last play. I got to go back and see that. Uh, it it did seem very close, though. It did seem very close. Okay, now outside of the refs, a couple of things. One, I was at the arena. The energy for the first half was very weird. I'm talking about like, you know, you're somewhere you're really not supposed to be. You know, like we're in a pandemic, and then there's sports going on. So it's my first time back into an arena since before the pandemic began. And the protocols are through the roof. Like you're showing your vaccination card or your um, PCR, two negative PCR tests. Um, You're going through the protocol, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody's, you know, socially distanced or whatever. But so you're in the arena and you realize like, this is sort of a special place to be. You know, you're one of 6,000 people that are there. Mm-hmm. when it would have been rocking at like 20,000 in, in Staples plus media, whatever that would be, yeah. plus staff. Did the playoff intensity kind of negate the fact that there were a lot of empty seats, like in terms of well, atmosphere? Fir- no, the atmosphere was so bad for like the first really? half. I mean, huh. like you could hear a pin drop. Ooh. You could hear, it was so quiet. It was eerily quiet. It was not intense. And it was like, Everybody was kind of stunned. The the Laker delusion was through the roof. Like everyone just expected the Lakers to come out and destroy the Warriors. And when the Warriors punched first, everyone just looked shook. They even, Staples even put a section together on the far end on like uh, on one side where it was vaccinated only to try to keep all of those fans condensed so that the sound sounded more, I guess, (laughs) boisterous. And like at first that didn't even work. 
Like right. it was quiet, quiet. Like it was weird energy, like eerie, spooky ghost energy. And then when the Warriors started giving up the ball, which, you know, Steph Curry's very loosey goosey with the rock. We'll talk 20. about that in a second. Okay. <laughs> but the, the energy gets brought up a couple of notches from Braun and AD. They hit some crucial shots. And then all of a sudden that wakes the crowd up, which then wakes Braun and AD up more. And then it has almost like this momentum effect. Uh-huh. So yeah. if, if, the fans would have started and continued their intensity, which LA fans are trash. They are LA fans are some of the worst <laughs> fans in sports. They will not cheer for you when you're not performing well, like Boston uh, Red Sox fans. If they're not playing well, they're still up on their feet. They're like trying to create energy for the players. Lakers fans. They're not doing that. They're not doing that in the best of circumstances. So they're certainly not doing that in a pandemic. Sure. So once Braun and AD got going, that then motivated fans, which then motivated the players. You can really feel how important fan, like good fans are. So that was really interesting. They had all of the cool media brands in like the worst possible spot. It was like yeah. <laughs> the slam magazines, the like nice kicks, the undefeated, the bar stools. Like where we were at, we were in the nosebleeds of the of the arena. Shit. And then like the Washington posts and the athletics and the USA Today's they're like on the hundred level, like basically right. court side. Damn. So I used to be, uh, in the court side area. Like that's where my media seat used to be. Mm-hmm. And I realized like, they don't give a fuck about you. They care about your outlet. So that was very interesting. I actually thought there was a possibility. I wouldn't even get credentialed at all because I was barstool. I was just waiting, <laughs> waiting for the last minute of, of to get denied. Um, Lots of people think I'm a Curry fan. I am a Curry fan. I'm not a stan. I don't like, I'm not a Curry apologist. I love Steph Curry. We've talked about him a million times. But one of the biggest knocks I've always had about him is that he, for some reason, doesn't understand the moment that he's in. Like, he's so good. He's such a great shooter, in my opinion, that he just thinks he can, and no obstacle is insurmountable. So he just like plays like it's like game 15. It's like January 15th, according to Steph Curry with the Rock. He was like <laughs> lobbing the ball to Draymond Green as, as he walked across. He does this shuffle too when yeah. he's running. It's just like no urgency. Yeah, I know what you're talking about for sure. Yeah, no, he does not alter his game uh, one bit depending on the situation. That is funny. It is bizarre. Uh, that's like never talked about ever. Yeah, but he doesn't. It's like there is no time where it's like, I need to play crisp. I need to play with poise and precision. Steph Curry precision, that's not a thing. It's Steph Curry chaos all the fucking time. Those five t- turnovers, that lost them the game too. Like if he doesn't turn the ball over, if he doesn't dribble the ball against his fucking shoe, when Alex Crusoe, the MVP of the game, in my opinion, <laughs> the MVP, the GOAT, of the game, he had some crucial plays oh, yeah. in that game. Yeah, no, he got to the basket easy too. Yeah, and hit a couple of very timely threes. Mm-hmm. Was locking Steph down, caused Steph to turn over the ball there. Like you're not, you're not dribbling against fucking Kentavious Caldwell Pope, Steph Curry. Like this is the janitor. This is what the janitor does. And Steph Curry was just like, Doo-doo-doo. you know yeah. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I did, while we're on the subject of Steph Curry turnovers, I mean, that that's why they lost the game. 
we can point it at a bunch of things. If you turn the ball over 20 times and the other team has LeBron James, it's not going to end well. And like the fact that honestly they did turn the ball over 20 times uh, and we're still like right there is kind of, I don't know, telling it's a little damning. bit. It's yeah, damning. It's <laughs> damning. Everyone says, I'm like looking into my comments, I'm looking at my DMs and people are like, but Trista, the Lakers are healthy now. You say they're overrated. By the way, that video got like 500,000 views. People just furious at me calling the Lakers and the, and the Jazz overrated. <laughs> okay. They're like, no, the Lakers are fully healthy now. AD is back and Braun is back. Let me just acquaint you with the facts. Just because you're playing in a basketball game does not mean that you're healthy. You are playing through pain. The definition of health is not having pain when you do all of your activities as normal. Jumping, yeah. running, cutting, planting, exploding. It's very clear the Lakers, Braun and AD are not healthy. Oh, yeah. Well, I, mean, I mean, you definitely saw it in the first half. They were not clicking even a little bit. It was like, we're just trying to stay in it mm-hmm. so that we can play through enormous pain for the last, like, 10 minutes of the game. Yeah, well, and there were lineups when the Warriors like went small where I was thinking like, okay, this should be a real problem for them. I'm talking first half. This should be a real problem for them. LeBron should be able to go in and cook, and he just wasn't. He looked slow. He just looked tentative. There were times where he drove the ball. He drove into the lane, had the ability to draw contact and go up, and he kicked out instead. Mm. That happened 10 times, I remember. Like eight to 10 times, I'm like, what is going on? Anthony Davis is giving up free looks, three-point free looks, just giving it to KCP when he can be shooting open for three. They were just like, let him shoot, let him shoot. (laughs) And he wouldn't shoot. It was bad. I knew that things were bad for AD because I watched him warm up and everything was off right by like, it, it, some of them went in because they just hit the right side of the, you know what I mean? They just go into the right side of the hoop. But everything <laughs> in the corner was hitting off the right side of the rim. And I'm like, this is going to be a tough night for Anthony Davis. And give it to the Warriors. I would say that their game plan for him was was to perfection. Take, take AD out of the game, get him out of the rhythm, and make all the others, as they call it, make all the others do everything else. Yeah, it ended up playing Drummond off the floor too, just because they kept getting switches uh, onto Steph, yeah, and like they just couldn't do it. Which makes me feel a little better. That's one of the things that makes me feel positive about the Suns having to play the Lakers now is that I think we can play those bigs off the floor for patches. Yeah, I think that's an an interesting question. Is that if AD plays the five, which I think he's going to play a lot of five in this series too. He's going to have to. Is, he's going to have to. Otherwise, Devin and CP3 and Mikel Bridges are going to cook just like the Warriors cook. I think this this game actually was a perfect blueprint for you as to how to beat them. Yeah, yeah. No, I saw a lot of things that I liked. Yeah, so did I. So um, let's just I talk about... Hope, I was still hoping with every inch of myself to not have to play them, but I... Of course. You know, being the crazy optimistic fan, I've already convinced myself we're going to win, so... And also, I would say if you're going to play the Lakers because you're going to have to probably play them unless someone else bounces them. You're going to have to play them at some point. And I'd say right now is the best time to play them because, because LeBron will be healthy in two to three weeks. And then it's, then it's night, night. 
Yeah, I've definitely come around to that. Uh, let's talk about the eye poke for a second. Just circling back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is there anyone who puts extras on shit more than LeBron? No, it's honestly insane. I mean, and we talked about it. There was a social clip too about their Rocky complex. There's always yes. just got there's got to be a little extra adversity like sprinkled on it. Like no, like you hit a 34 foot shot to clinch the playoffs like that's that's a big enough moment you know like I, I, you didn't need a sprinkle why did on you that. also need to say you couldn't see why did you also say i was basically blind when i hit that yeah and it's I such bullshit like like, like you were ahead. doing that you went and got you went and got the like eye drops and all that you were doing that to sell the foul as a flagrant absolutely absolutely like, <laughs> and i think the thing that's interesting to me is it's like lebron obviously through all of his pressers understands the idea of the narrative around the greatest of all time and how much narratives like yeah. shape things. And so he throughout time and the history of his career just keeps sprinkling how much he's had to deal with. Like he might say he had coronavirus like two months from now, like I was also playing through coronavirus. You know what I mean? Like, I know I was vaccinated, but I, I also played through coronavirus. And like, did LeBron, did, did Michael Jordan have to play through coronavirus? Like, it's yeah. always going to be that, which that I is, think is hilarious. Yeah, no, that is the funny thing. So say they come in, they beat Phoenix, they beat Denver, Portland, whoever that is. Then they beat Clippers, Utah, whoever that is. And then they go and beat Brooklyn. Like, that would be one of the... Le- I mean, it probably wouldn't top 2016, but that would be his second biggest accomplishment by a wide margin. And he would still, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could easily see him saying like, oh yeah. And like my ankle, by the way, like I was on like 40% after that. He would still have to, he would still have to come up with a reason why it was more impressive. Totally. Because constantly always going up against Jordan, which I think is tremendous. It's just tremendous. To me, that shot was one of the biggest shots of his life. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's one of those uh, similar that one that he hit against Orlando in in '09, like yep. that long three. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's up, it's up there, and that's gonna be on his all time highlight reel, no doubt. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the final play in games. Um, Thursday night, the Pacers play the Wizards. I'm excited. So Pacers blew out Hornets, as I suspected. Uh, Wizards lost to the Celtics, which I did not suspect. I also (laughs) did not suspect Russell Westbrook would be heavily injured in that game. Yeah, that was uh, that definitely threw a a wrench in uh, that plan. I was on the Wizards and the Hornets, so I had a bad, I had a bad, uh, uh, what was that, Tuesday? I had a bad Tuesday, (laughs) yeah. You're going to need to take that Pacers money line. It's a plus 145 right now, Pacers, and they're they're counting that the Wizards will win by, I think the line is three and a half right now. Marty, I'm just going to tell you right now, don't bet on the Wizards. They're not healthy. <laughs> I don't care that it's in D.C. The Pacers are, like I told you, I think two, two uh, episodes ago, the Pacers might be one of the best, if not the best passing team in the NBA right now. Yeah, and it's weird that Levert being out actually makes them a little bit better. And that because Levert, I don't want to call him a like ball stopper he's, per se. He's in the same, he just he takes over and tries to do to a lot of stuff himself, whereas no one else on the Pacers really does that. So the ball just moved a lot better against Charlotte. Sure. And I mean, they 
made a shit ton of threes, especially McDermott. But yeah, no, I thought Levert being out actually improved their flow a little bit. Everyone can score. They've got a 10 to 12 man rotation and they're not even fully healthy. TJ Warren and Miles Turner aren't even playing. And this team looks nasty right now. If they can do what they did against um, the Hornets and what they've done actually the last like four or five games where they've been very gritty, gone through adversity, like shoot the ball very well, move without the ball very well, pass to guys who aren't even there yet in the lane. Uh, I think that they could make things really fun, make things very interesting. I mean, Jason Tatum went off for 50 against uh, the Wizards, which uh, that's tough look. That's tough to beat. I think um, Beal said, I am going to be as good as I'm going to get. He is not healthy going into this this matchup tonight against the Pacers. He said, call me one leg bandit if you want. For me, it's just going out and showing my team that I'm here with them. I'm going to be try try to be as impactful as I can. Honestly, I've had four compression sleeves on (laughs) at a time. It's just a matter of doing well. That's a lot of compression sleeves. Yeah, that's too many compression sleeves. I feel like that's kind of like guys who say they use multiple condoms where I'm like, I think this is less effective. I think this is actually less effective than you want it to be. (laughs) Um, And then for Russell Westbrook, he says this is just nicks and bruises for him. I think he's really hurt. Yeah, he he looked he looked impacted for sure. And they were making him work on defense, too, a lot. He 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 looked exhausted. Wow. Yeah, I uh, he did seem like he did seem like he was out of it completely, completely out of it. And he couldn't shoot at all. So, yeah, I think that the Pacers are going to blow the Wizards out. Um, I just don't see it being close. I think it's they barely beat the Hornets. The Wizards barely beat the Hornets in the final game of the season. And the Pacers ran them out of the fucking gym. So I think the Wizards are going to get molly walked tonight. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. I probably will go place that as soon as we're done here. Yeah. I placed a max bet on Pacers money line. That's how confident I am. <laughs> That's how confident I am. Yeah. So, I All mean, right. they just can't defend anyone. The Wizards can't defend anyone anymore. Like I said, Pacers have a 10 man rotation and everyone can sh- hit threes. Like everyone. You've mm-hmm. got Justin Holiday who can hit nine threes in a quarter. Like just <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. Um, if the Wizards were healthy, I think it would be different. But, as they say, if if some butts were candies and nuts, uh, every day would be Christmas morning, and they are. It is not. So <laughs> Miles Turner also said, "Shout out to the Casuals for betting against us tonight. This time of the year <laughs> is different." I love I love players who are like just finding ways to be more fueled by the moment. Like we create fake hate. I do that. I like go and read the comics. Yeah, sure. You're casual. You don't know basketball. Like, oh yeah, let's go. Yeah. I was just By laughing because I I was a Hornets better, so that kind of felt that kind of felt personal. But I I mean, <laughs> like, okay, it Miles, was... you you didn't play in the game. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You weren't even around. You weren't even around. Um, Friday night, Grizz face up against the Warriors. Let's let's pre- preview that. We're gonna also. Yeah. Well, I can say this in the intro if I redo the intro again, but we're coming um, back Saturday to preview the playoffs because there's so many things that are yet to come. Yeah. So special episode Saturday. Uh, Grizzlies play Golden State again. I think this game's going to be fucking fun. As an aside, I don't know how Laker fans actually exist right now. Like, is that fun basketball to watch to you? To me, that was gross. <laughs> I mean, winning's fun, I guess. But yeah, it wasn't particularly entertaining. Yeah. I'd rather have a basketball team that was fun to watch and got bounced out of the second round 
than NBA champions that look like that. Like 100 points in 2021. Yeah, that's a hot take. That's 100 a take. points that's in 2021 <laughs> is just gross. So I think this is going to be a much funner basketball game than Golden State uh, Lakers was. Uh, Warriors Lakers was trash. I think Warriors Grizzlies is going to be fucking fun. Like Steph Curry versus Jaw. Like two most <laughs> chaotic point guards in the league, just reckless out there. Wait, so you're you're calling last night's game boring? What I would say is the first three quarters were a slog. Yeah. Like the first half for sure was like, what the fuck is going on? All that's, it was just, it was, yeah, like it did get intense at the end, but like you can't tell me what you saw in that first half was any fun to watch. Yeah, I had a lot on the line, so I guess I'm, I'm, I'm biased, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Grizzlies got super lucky. The Spurs couldn't, couldn't buy a basket yeah. yesterday. It, it's that weird. Was, it, and it, it, even when they were coming back, I kept thinking, like, how are they still in this game? And then I, you go and look at the box score, and you still don't really understand how they get in this game. Like, like DeRozan and Murray did nothing. I think they shot a combined, like, I'd, I'd be shocked if it was more than 33% from the field. They were for 46. Yeah, they were bad shooting. Like, And they still only beat them by four, right? Yeah. They mm-hmm. built a 20 point first half lead. And then, and then the Spurs doing the Spurs things just like bladded out over like a slow burn yeah. doing the things that San Antonio is so known to do. I mean, gotta be a stress situation if you're a Memphis Grizzlies fan. I mean, it's very similar actually to what happened to the Warriors. You build a lead and then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, how the fuck are they in it still? Just, yeah. just <laughs> weird, you know, just really weird. Grizzlies were sloppy once again. I think that's going to be the determination against the Warriors. The Grizzlies are just, in my opinion, too young, not experienced enough. Jaw is even more reckless with the basketball than Steph Curry is <laughs> and not as good of a shooter, not as good of a player. So Valanchunas is going to need to really take control and be a, as uh, Draymond Green would say, a fucking dog in order for them to have any shot. I think Valanchunas had he had 23 points, 23 rebounds. Yeah. Yeah, 23 yeah, 23 points, 23 rebounds. Uh and plus 26 as the Spurs just had zero answer for yeah, him. Yeah. He all. had 20 he had so, 20 20 through 3 quarters. He was awesome. Like if he, if he can do that again, I think they have a chance. I I mean, I'm yeah, not I predicting that right. I'm not predicting them to beat the Warriors by any stretch, but if we get that Valanchunas, I think it's going to be a close game at least. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. I already talked about the Warriors. I think the Warriors will win this game. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be like a five, six point game um, just because I think the Grizzlies have a little bit more fire in their belly than they did in the final game of the season. But Mm -hmm. uh, let's just hope that the refs that officiated the Lakers Warriors game won't be at Chase Center because that was (laughs) bad. That was really bad. I'm overcoming the obstacles. I'm cockering the impossible. They said I was being illogical, but I have become the unstoppable. And why would I stop? Got a lot to do. I'm trying to travel where it's tropical. Don't call me, I ain't calling you. Cause that's why I do not rock with you. You the type that want to watch my moves. I can tell you that's All right, final, uh, final thing to discuss. I know that things have been crazy lately with this Kwame Brown stuff. All the smoke is catching lots of smoke. Like, so much smoke. So I really do want to make this extremely clear. This this league is a pro Kwame Brown podcast. Yes. We have nothing negative 
to say about Kwame Brown, who has fucking turned into Voldemort. <laughs> like he has, he has the no shape or form. Do I want Kwame Brown to create a nickname about me? No, 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 no. That sounds like a nightmare. He's it'd, calling, be, it'd be very mean and very accurate. Mean and accurate. <laughs> I don't know what he would say. He'd probably call me like cerebral palsy because I speak out of one side of my mouth. He'd be like, oh, cerebral palsy with the brown hair or something. <laughs> Like, that's so fucking crazy. So, Mr. Brown, Voldemort, Sir Brown, as I'd like to also call him, let's give him a knighthood. He is now taking it to the media streets, which is why I want to implant my flag into the Kwame Brown uh, territory. He just came after uh, Stephen A. Smith, after Gilbert Arenas, Matt Barnes, Stephen A. Jackson. Now he's coming after Stephen A. Smith, who he challenged to a fist fight in Seattle. <laughs> then... He came after Charlemagne the God. And then he went after Jamel Hill. Women are not exempt from this. Kwame Brown, she said, Kwame Brown got me checking the tape to make sure I ain't ever said shit about him. If I did, I'm sorry. Please don't talk about my mama. And then she also said to Kwame Brown, I said, you chose violence. I didn't say you were violent. It's an expression from Game of Thrones. (laughs) Apparently, he questioned her blackness. He questioned her uh, ability to um, do things for the community. Basically, Kwame Brown doesn't want people to bring down the community. I get that. But like, we do have to talk about sport. We're just not talking about Kwame anymore. It's been 20 years. We're just not going to do it anymore. Like he's exempt from from the whole thing. It's played out now like hard. Like it's at the point. I mean, it's funny. Like it was very funny on Monday. But now we're at the point where it's like, okay, I I don't. I mean, I'm not shy to admit this. I'm not a Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson fan by any stretch. So now it's just like, okay, you're just making me see them more often. And I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to go on all the smoke now, which I definitely will watch. And we'll oh, definitely 100% gonna watch, the but, show. <laughs> yeah. And I think Kwame Brown is, is electric speaking off the top of the head. Like he has a lot of great insults. He has a lot of fire. He has a lot of things to say. And for some reason, knows everyone's business. Like he knew the details of Matt Barnes's business in a way where I was like, he jumped the fence to his own house. Matt Barnes <laughs> jumped the fence. Like that's bad. Like he was, he knew everything. Uh, so he's going to be in Atlanta in a month, and he's finally invited on the pod. So we're going to see what happens. The off season is, is off to a hot start. Let's just say that I can't wait for more of this. I love yeah. talking basketball, but I also really, really like this. And I think we're going to be busier than ever in the summertime. Moving on. Off-season already started for the scrub teams. Uh, there are problems in Cleveland, as you might expect. And no, it does not have to do with Kevin Love, if you can believe it. Turns out, according to Plain Dealer, Cleveland Plain, Plain Dealer beat writer Terry Pluto. What a name. <laughs> the Cavs are strongly considering signing Jared Allen to a $100 million extension. Allen, you remember, is why Andre Drummond had to get chipped out. So yeah, they they like Jared Allen. His 13-10-2 is a building block for Cleveland, but the problem is you can't extend Jared Allen and also extend Colin Sexton for the money that Colin Sexton is asking for. Colin Sexton has told the world he wants De'Aaron Fox money. Yeah. Pause <laughs> for that. Wait, so, to, I mean, Sexton... He's gonna. Ha- they're gonna have to give him the max, I guess. Uh, I, I like. They are going to move him. You think? 
I don't know. It is a weird situation. I'm just thinking about it for for the first time. Like, I don't necessarily think that extending Jared Allen's a bad call. I kind of liked what he was doing uh, early yeah. on when he got there. Uh, yeah, Kevin Love kind of puts him in a stranglehold. So, so wait, they don't have they don't have the room to off the backs so to Pluto Sexton. Is what you're saying? Sexton is looking for 163 million over five years, the same amount that that De'Aaron Fox got which combined with Allen's deal and Kevin Love's deal, which will be very difficult to get out of, makes it hard for the Cavs to have anyone else on the roster. Like, you just have a three-man roster and a bunch of G League two-way guys, I guess. So this GM says that the Cavs are going to build around Allen, Darius Garland, and Isaac Okoro, which means that Sexton's out the dough. Gotta get out. Gotta (sighs) get the fuck out. And I think Darius Garland is probably better demeanor than Colin Sexton. Don't know who Colin Sexton will become. This is no Colin Sexton slander. But boy, we talk about out of control point guard. His nickname is the Bull. Bull in a China <laughs> shop. Colin Sexton, definitely not a max player in my opinion. It is my opinion he's not a max player. And I think that there's a lot of teams that could use him, but not for the max. It's a tough, tough pill to swallow, especially given that Jalen Suggs could be there. Who knows? We know how much the Cavs like signing so many people at the same position. So maybe they'll go after Jalen Suggs and they'll move Colin Sexton. I don't know. All I do know is that this is now, we are now more on Cleveland Cavaliers watch work, which for some reason moves the needle from a social media perspective. So <laughs> controversy, like left, uh, more left controversy. Over- the leftover LeBron fans. I think that's right. More controversy for a team that cannot afford any more controversy. So that's all the time that we have for the This League podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple, Spotify. Please follow us on TikTok. We just hit, Marty, 50,000 followers on TikTok and 2 million likes. Hell that yeah. is a fucking monster. Seven and a half million views in the last 28 days. So we are, I mean, that's just an unfathomable number for our little like Thomas the Tank Engine type of podcast. So um, please buy our merch in the Barstool store. We have Fire Julius Randall, King of New York merch. Uh, We've got a Luca shirt. We've got a Miami Vice, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo shirt. And we have a Scary Hours Brooklyn Net shirt. More merch is coming. Thank you for listening. Tune in Saturday. We will be up bright and early for a special full-on playoff preview on the next edition of This League. The bigger they come, the harder they fall. It's time to risk it all.
to lick it. She wanna lick a trapper, but she already done licked the rapper. Oh my, oh my, so fly, so fly. Three six mafia, I stay fly, I stay fly. Quality just to get by. I want it all, not a piece of the pie. Everybody eats, everybody, and we keep all of the receipts. We eating good, we living good. We done made it up out the hood. Give me that, 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 give me that. Give me that. I want this and that. What you mean I can't have that? Stay in your lane, lowest lane, a skirt, skirt on them. Stay in your lane, penny lane, a skirt, skirt on them. Big, 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 big dog. Big dog, big dog. Walk it, big dog. Walk it with the dog. I'ma risk it all. I'ma risk it all. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus